Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the Lockdown Editions. I'm excited to have in the virtual studio with me tonight Matt Parkins, Jake Bergstrom, and Hewer Walter from Volsunga Saga. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah, how's it going, man? Thank you for having us. Hello. Great to great to have you all here. Um, and I want to get started into a lot of some of the things you're working on. But before we go too far down that path, I want to kind of give people a sense of uh, who you are as a band. Um, maybe maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about how long you've been together. Um, well, uh, we formed officially as a band in late 2013. Um, me, uh, he, I, I came into the band. I met these guys uh, in about... 2011, um, but um, I think that Matt and Jake have been playing together long before then. Yeah, we got we got a couple of years before we got a hold of Walter, Jake and I jamming on some stuff. Once we found out we both played guitar, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, how did you uh, and Jake come together initially, Matt? Uh, we met through some mutual friends. Through a mutual friend that happened to be actually the first German that we jammed with, and uh, through him, Jake and I just kind of started hanging out and started jamming pretty quickly after that. And how did how did you all get your start in music? And do you remember your your first instrument or when you kind of had that spark that said, "Hey, I want to make some music." Uh, yeah, well, um, personally, uh, I uh, I came from a musical family. And uh, my parents always encouraged me to play an instrument from a young age, and I was I was drawn to the idea of rock and roll ever since I was little. Um, so I just wanted to take up a rock and roll instrument. They always just wanted me to uh, play some kind of like any instrument, and I wanted to play a rock and roll instrument. And as soon as I learned about the bass, uh, I thought it was a pretty unique instrument. It wasn't it wasn't like there was any famous bass player. It wasn't like you know Cliff Burton or like Steve mm-hmm. Harris inspired me to play bass. I just thought it was very unique. And, uh, and um, so I started about the time when I was a teenager, and then my interest for music pretty much grew from there, and I've been playing in bands since then. Nice. Yeah, um, I'd say this is Jake. Um, my dad bought me a guitar when I was, I think, like 14 or something like that, and I was already well into music by then, but I'd say... Yeah, I really started playing guitar around 14-ish, and kind of just been going from there. Yeah, kind of same thing with me with my dad. He I went to visit him one weekend, and he played me uh, that little breakdown, Fade to Black. I was like, well, that's it for me. So ever since then, I've been wanting to play guitar and play music. I'm a huge fan of Fade to Black. That's one of my favorite Metallica songs, bar none. Yeah, that's why I have a white flying V, because of that dude in that song. Pretty much, so <laughs> Perfect. huge, uh, huge influence. <laughs> and and so uh, when when you guys started getting together and jamming, uh, Matt and Jake, did you have in mind that you wanted to bring together a Viking or a pagan metal band? Now, just kind of going off of each other. At first, I just told him I just wanted to float over whatever I do, and he's taking it pretty literal. And ever since then, so no, no. No uh, solid idea to do the pagan folk thing. That came a little bit later, but... Yeah, we kind of just decided to get together and just play guitar and kind of just... Matt would play some riffs. I would kind of, like, play some melodies over it and kind of just evolve from there. Yeah. Nice. 
So uh, as you as you started to morph into that style of music, um, how did you land on uh, Fosunga Saga as the as the name of the band? Well, that's all. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, well, it was yeah, it was it was long before I met these guys. To be honest, um, it was uh, it was like around uh, 2009. Um, I I really started uh, researching uh, Northern European cultures and legends. Um, it was partially because of my heritage, but it was more because of the music. It's more because I was like really starting to get into to folk metal and everything, and. Uh, I remember I was I was reading an article about the Norse sagas, and uh, I remember uh, I, when I was it might have just been the Wikipedia page, and I came across a description of the Icelandic Volsunga saga, and uh, when when I read that Volsunga saga, I felt it just rolled off the tongue, you know, it sounded kind of primal. It sounded like something that you could imagine. Uh, a crowd in a concert, like cheering, like Volsunga Saga, you know. And uh, so, around that time, I, uh, I I pretty much banked that shit. I wrote it down, <laughs> and, and I, I, yeah, I decided that uh, if if I ever had a, a band, because I mean, you know, I used to do that, where because um, I, you know, I've been a musician my entire adult life, so uh, I used to just save cool words just in case I wanted to name a band something clever and I didn't have a name. I kind of had a journal of band names. So I saved the name Bolsunga Saga just in case I ever happened to uh, form a group kind of similar to this one. And, you know, four or five years later, yeah, I met these guys. So... So you've, you've used terms like uh, folk metal, pagan metal. Uh, there's even some references in your uh, Facebook page and Bandcamp to black metal. Um, and obviously, the Norse mythology plays a plays a role there. What what are what are those elements uh, mean to you in terms of uh, the genres? But you know, how do they how do you bring them together into your music? When it comes to our overall sound the genre isn't really very concrete. We don't really come in and say, you know, we're going to write a black metal song. We just kind of have that style when playing together already. And uh, I think it's because we've covered a lot of those songs in the past. These guys, you know, they know how to play Emperor. Uh, we, we cover Einerier. So the, the folk metal and the black metal definitely just come out of our style especially the black metal. We're not really going for black metal, but every time we listen to our album or we listen to ourselves live, we see that it just comes out of our sound, basically. Yeah, for me, it's more of a feel thing. The whole black metal thing is just bleakness and the folk metal, you know, can, can be that too as well. It's not just about uh, upbeat flutes and whatnot. It's, you know, it's got some, got some real dark stuff to it, and that's, that's kind of what I try to at least bring with my rhythm playing and just, like, bring some sort of darkness and then, and then Jake comes in with kind of a little lighter element. That's where the folk metal thing comes in, really. So Jake, Jake's melodies and whatnot. Is there one thing that you would say is, is your signature? I mean, is the, the thing that everybody would recognize? Probably just like the two guitars kind of, kind of constantly weaving in, in and out and stuff. The melody, for sure, I would say, is kind of our bread and butter. 
melody and definitely the you know the rhythm sections always on point too. Really, I think uh, if you're to ask somebody, be like definitely the melodies. Yeah, the fact that that there's like a heavy element to it, but we're also very melodic at times too. You you mentioned a number of uh, bands that that you've played songs from or that you count as influences, you know, Moon Sorrow, Ein Your Deer, uh, Fin Troll, and several others. What is it that you take away from them, you know, as, as influences that, that ch change or affect how you guys sound? The song structure. As we've been playing together for a long time, we've definitely been uh, getting better at writing uh, fuller, more... I don't want to say symphony-like songs, but layered, yeah, layered songs. Yeah, you know, it doesn't just go verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Our early stuff was more like that. Um, our, as, as we've progressed, we've definitely had more layered songs, kind of similar to bands like Musaro or Insafirum. And, you know, also covering those songs, it just kind of comes out of our style as well. Yeah, and just with those bands, just kind of realize you don't have to, you don't have to be afraid about making like a seven-minute cool epic song you know you can just go for it and that's what I, I really appreciate about that genre for sure and it's just not you know yeah verse chorus verse chorus with a lot of stuff it's, it's pretty complex and it's got a lot, a lot of layers to it which I appreciate yeah I'm excited to dig into some of that that melodic stuff with you with you guys uh, as we listen to some of the music you've got some really intricate stuff going on and it's uh, it's it's kind of fun uh, to, to dig into that for me, you know, as I see all the variations in tempo and instrumentation throughout the songs. And, and the and, EP and, that you have out, Skulls of the Northland, um, you've had that out for a couple of years now. In fact, wasn't it at the end of October 2018 when that came out? Yep. And so as you started playing some of those songs live for people, what, what was the reaction to some of those um, that, you, that you put on that record? Uh, March of Colossus always goes over pretty well because that's like a moving and shaking song. Uh, Old and Faithful Foe does people seem to like. And uh, I say Drive Mimir as well. Those are probably my three favorite songs on my album and get the best crowd reaction from my perspective. I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, just overall, it's been a very positive crowd reaction. It's been very positive reaction towards the EP as well. Honestly, if anyone had anything negative say, to say about it, they haven't said it to us. Um, and, uh, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that people really do enjoy a song like March of Colossus because it is, it's got a lot of energy. And that's the thing is when people come and see Bolsunga Saga, I mean, we, we – uh, we haven't had a bad show, so um, a lot of times, well, I mean, <laughs> bad moments in shows, yeah. not a wholly bad show. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, people walk away from our shows, they tend to have a really good time, and that's why, you know, they have a positive reaction towards us and a positive reaction uh, towards our album. And it it's, it's, uh, feels good that uh, most people actually really, really dug our album. That's, that's got to be a satisfying feeling to know that something you put your heart and soul into, people are really, really into and want to want to get more of. Oh, definitely. It's, it's kind of a weird feeling, but it's cool. A lot of hard work, you know, into those things. It's, it seems like a good time for us to give people a little uh, sample of, 
of what you guys do. Um, and one of the songs that you didn't mention from the EP is Turn to Viking. And I really dig that song. And I w- I'd love to have you give us a sense of what we should listen for as we, as we hear that song. Okay, well, uh, this is the one song so far that we've written that I do lead vocals on. It's actually the only song so far that I do lead vocals on. Uh, it's among uh, the, one of the first songs that we've written, so musically it's more straightforward. It's not as layered. You know, that could be because I struggle with doing vocals and playing bass at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it was written to be the kind of song that would be heavy and hard-hitting live and at the same time be something that was catchy enough so that the audience could easily flow along with it. So you had had a a live performance in mind right away from the very beginning of that song, huh? Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's give people a chance to, to listen. This is Turn to Viking by Fulsunga Saga. As a young
You know, lyrically, guys, one of the things that, that strikes me about that is what I hear is kind of the turn to Viking. As I interpret the lyrics, um, it, it really takes it draws from the berserker legends in, in North, Norse mythology. Um, I'm curious to hear your take on what that story, what that song story really is. Well, the early idea was to write a song in the point of view of a Norseman and his relationship with raiding and uh, his love for it and how he adopted the activity. And it was kind of an exercise to get us in the mindset of uh, the style of uh, point of view narratives. Um, we don't necessarily always try to tie our lyrics in metaphorically with our own lives, but uh, as, uh, as I wrote this song, I found myself uh, kind of referencing my own uh, personal struggles with addiction. I, I heard a reference to Fenrir in the, in the lyric, and I'm curious to know how directly you are drawing your lyrical um, inspirations from mythology um, as opposed to what you talked about earlier, that sort of metaphorical personal story. Our earlier songs were kind of like our little book reports on some of the sagas for sure, but as we we're trying to write, well, this is an early example of us trying like Walter Stegler, the third narrative, you know, and outside looking in kind of thing. With Turn to Viking in uh, particular, a lot of the mythology is basically a take on uh, how people from that time period use their uh, myths and legends to describe the environment around them and uh, referenced in a similar fashion as to how uh, we reference pop culture icons or movies such as uh, comparing the sharp hail to the jaws of Fenrir. We're, we're kind of, I mean, Turn to Viking in general is, isn't really about a mythology, but other songs are like directly like referring to stories about Fenrir, for example. So you definitely have a blend of more specific references and uh, and also some of the more cultural references. I really like that that concept. And I have to say that I think this might have been a first in heavy metal history that someone referred to a metal song as a book report. Retelling the tales of uh, Norse legends and things like that. Yeah, well, I like it. You know, everybody, we all, we all, metalheads all get a bad rap for not being very smart, and you know, I, I like that we're putting, putting that, uh, that to rest. <laughs> nice. I'm well, glad I'm fooling you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the, uh, one of the other challenges that that metal often faces, and in particular, black and and pagan metal are associations in people's minds or with actual bands uh, around white supremacy and, and white supremacist ideas. And, and I'm, I'm sort of curious to hear your insights into how much of an issue that is in the genre generally. And, you know, when you, do you get asked about that regularly, that kind of thing? I mean, where, what, what do you see out there in the, in the genre? Unfortunately, if you tell people that you're in a Viking metal band or if you wear a Mjolnir or anything with runes, you do get asked that on occasion. But how we deal with it is that we know deep down that we do not have any ties or references to any extremist or supremacy groups or ideologies. Our music isn't even political. 
And I feel as though a lot of people who like folk metal and uh, many other styles of metal do understand that. But uh, the Norse themes and imagery have been a part of the music since the 80s and most likely before that. And uh, folk metal itself is very broad uh, in terms of the cultures it comes from. There's folk metal from all around the world, not just not just Northern European. I mean, we're from Minnesota. We we have this like Northern Euro- European diaspora. Uh, the land that we're from is very similar to Scandinavia, so that's that's what we feel. But there's a lot of great bands from other cultures in folk metal. Um, there's great folk metal bands from Asia, from South America. This style, I mean, even like Viking metal is like really big in South America too. And it's really big anywhere, any, everywhere south of the border pretty much. And, and so when, when people ask you about that, I mean, obviously you have given a, a really you know, nuanced answer to the question that I asked. How do you have a conversation with people who are concerned about that? What we you know, trying to live now. I mean, really, what 2020? There's really no place or time ever in history for that kind of thing, you know. And we just come by honestly. It's like, yeah, we we do what we do, and of course, there's always and everything. There's gonna be some bad apples, and we just we just try to explain to people how it, you know, how we think it should be. We try to explain, you know, here's how it should be, and we totally, totally, you know. Our guess white supremacist, fascist, anything of that ilk, totally 100%. It's got to be a little bit frustrating uh, for a band that has a philosophy like that for, for you to be sort of um, have to deal with those questions because of others that, that are in the, in the genre. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but if we can, you know, help some people understand, you know, better for us, really. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Well, I appreciate your willingness to, to talk about that, guys, because, you know, it's a awkward and difficult subject for sure, and, you know, we wish that it wasn't part of the genre, but I'm grateful that you're willing to share how you approach that and how you address it when people ask you, so thank you for that. Yeah, if there's, if there's any kind of anybody that we play with, or any kind of sign that would just, you know, break ties and move on and keep going. Got to put out the positive messages where you can, and and use your music in a in a way that uh, uplifts people, right? Yep. And I, I feel like I feel like uh, you know we we've gone to a lot of folk metal shows as a band, and the people in the crowd at a lot of these folk metal shows are pretty cool. It's a lot of you know regular metalheads. I haven't seen too much hate personally, and of course, I mean that's just my experience. But overall, it's. It's not it's not a genre or a scene or anything that full of hate. Exactly. So on a on a little bit of a, a lighter note, you you have announced that you're looking for a full time drummer. Have you have you been auditioning people actively? Not at the moment. No, we've had a couple interested parties, but nothing really uh, has happened yet. So we'll just be patient, keep working on songs, and hopefully the right person shows up. <laughs> Yeah, we we want someone who will be a good fit, so yeah. we're not really in a rush. Mm-hmm. What does that What does that mean for you to be a good fit as a musician and a bandmate? Someone who's not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone who's interested in the in the genre and is will care, you know, to like help us write music and have input in the writing process and things like that. 
Yep, and yeah, someone who definitely has interest and uh, somebody who um, will show up to practice and show up to uh, show up to gigs uh, whenever they say they will, and uh, someone who can jam too. Um, you know, because we, we definitely are a group of guys that really uh, built our foundation on jamming. Um, we're not really that strict and rigid. I mean, we do write a lot of our songs, you know, beforehand before we present them to each other, but um, for the most part, we all came from a very jamming background, a very free-flowing background in, in that sense. Has it been challenging for you to connect with people or to find people to um, jam with or to, you know, express interest in being a, your your bandmate in the COVID world right now? I'm sure it has a little bit of something to do with it, but again, we had a couple of interested parties and yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure if it's made a huge difference. Um, you know, of course, we don't have the option of meeting anyone at shows right now. Um, but uh, a good drummer will do what he loves despite of what's going on in the world. And that's kind of a challenge, obviously, from a fan perspective, too, right? I mean, now not being able to play in front of your fans, how do you stay in touch with your fans? Sporadic Facebook posts <laughs> is really the main thing. <laughs> you know, selling CDs where we can and just be engaged and just talking with the band, really. Any, you know, any chance we get. Yep, yep. Yeah. You know, look, look, a, lot, a lot of these fans are uh, pretty anxious to get back to seeing live music, too. So, I mean, like right now, um, it, it hasn't been uh, too much of a challenge to connect with people who really want to connect with us. And uh, also being on this podcast should help. <laughs> well, I sure I sure hope so. I hope we can introduce you to a, a bunch of new a new fans through the through the show. Um, when was the last show that you you all played live? March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth, actually. Yeah. Uh, the wow. Yeah. Yep. You were scheduled to play a really big show um, later on that month. Uh, that must have been pretty tough to have that that big show go missing on your calendar. Yeah, that was that was kind of a bummer. It's actually still hanging up at my workplace right now. I walk by that post every day just bumming out. Yeah. I don't know oh. if you can take it down, but it's a cool poster. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was a stack like was. Yeah, I mean there there were there were some bands on there that I was like really uh I was really looking forward to playing with. And uh, so, I mean, there was going to be a lot of people there, and that was Whiskey Junction, too. The Whiskey Junction is mm -hmm. it's big enough to have a pretty big crowd, but it's not, you know, it's not super huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, and, and I like that area. I like that Whiskey Junction caboose area, too. So, yeah, um, yeah it really is. Yeah, I, just, I was really looking forward to playing with a lot of those just such killer bands. Kind of yeah. spoiled around with bands that just crush. So it's like to be a part of that was was gonna be really really cool, but uh, COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's let's maybe give uh, give people another chance since they can't see you live at the moment. Let's give people another chance to hear some of your some of your music. Um, I want to play Prophecy next, and I'm curious to hear your your insights into that one. Prophecy, getting back to the Fenrir connection there. That's actually one of the we plan on doing a three-part Fenrir saga, so to speak. So that was the, the first 
the first uh, song in that said saga. I, I think people are really going to dig it. It's, uh, I, I really like that song. Um, and, uh, and so we'll talk a little bit more about it on the back end, but uh, we're going to drop down the needle on Prophecy by Folsunga Saga. <laughs>
Guys, that was uh, a really fun song on so many levels. Um, one of the things that I really like about it is it's it's really got a unique blend of old and new. And you've got these Norse melodies and rhythms floating through, and Jake, a lot of that's coming from your guitar, I suspect. Um, but yet you've got some serious blast beats um, and some really interesting riffs and solos in there. And I, I'm curious to know as you're writing a song like that, how you think through balancing that ancient music style with more of the modern metal aesthetic. You know, I come up with the riff, show Jake, and then uh, before you know, he comes back with the skeletal part of the song, and then we really start jamming on it and kind of coming up with stuff. Usually when we get stuck, I just say, hey, harmonize solo. We just start with a little riff and then skeleton song, and then we jam on it and jam on it and uh, kind of pull it out, so to speak. Do you, uh, do you spend time listening to traditional uh, Norse and uh, Scandinavian folk music? A little bit. I listen to, like, High Long, and uh, I'm sure I said that name wrong. Yeah, like, Wardruna and Fawn and all those bands. There's a, there's a lot of those bands that are getting pretty big right now, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time to be a fan of this style of music because there's just so much cool stuff out there now and still getting made. The intro came up some really cool things not too long ago, and Bark Nagar is always good. How challenging is it to make that, you know, sort of bring that modern, contemporary feel to, to those more traditional melodies and rhythm? Do you specifically look for ways to blend that, or are you looking for more of a contrasting kind of feel? I think it mostly just comes from uh, just kind of the chord structure of the songs, um, just basically this kind of the scales that we use, kind of the minor scales that we use um, and that, you know, come from the bands before us. As long as we get to that style, it's, it, it just kind of comes out. It really does. You, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago your, your songwriting process is more of a jam band than anything else, and I'm, I'd love to know a little bit more about how your songs come together. I mean, what's your process for building a song? We've gotten to the point now where, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, will have songs down pretty quickly. If the song is written, then, like, personally, I don't even uh, really need to work on it too much outside of here, outside of uh, the studio, um, because I've been jamming with these guys for so long. But, well, I mean, sometimes it's good to, to practice on it. Okay. Yeah, we, we all know what we're going to do. So it comes pretty naturally, really, at this point. And that just comes from hours and hours of just jamming with each other. I'm curious to know how you how you work in the, the rhythm and the drum parts uh, without a full-time drummer. Is one of you uh, also a drummer? Well, the, the drummer thing happened kind of recently. So we, before what happened is I would I always be able to lock in with the drummer pretty well, and, and they ended up with my rhythm playing. So... Just kind of go from there, just build the ground floor, so to speak, and then build it up to the layers. How long does it take before you feel like you have a song dialed in? I mean, how how much do you do you work a song before it feels right? We kind of uh, work on them in stages. Like we'll get it to a point, and we'll say, oh, we'll just kind of like leave it there for now, and kind of move on to the next one, and kind of build on that one for a bit, and kind of come back. And I'd say we are constantly changing them really until you know we decide that you know we're just going to move on and then i don't know kind of comes into our how we're working on our album at the moment as well yeah 
Yeah. So where are things with uh, with the new recording? What? Uh, where? How far along are you? We got a couple songs ready to go. Everything else is pretty much pre-production at this point. Yep, we're we're writing material. Yep, writing, writing. Great. And usually, have a... myself hop on some drums to kind of get a rough pattern going. Yeah. You just rough it out. Do you have a uh, a timeline in front of you in terms of when you want to get the record out in the world? No, not really. To be honest with you, we just want to make the best one we can because this will be our first full release. We did that EP, Skulls of Northland, and then uh, yes, yeah, we our first first full release, so we want to take our time and make sure uh, it's up to snuffs. What uh, what can people expect from the new songs that will be on the record? More layered, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more refined, uh, but very similar to um, in style to the songs that we have on Skulls of the Northland. Uh, we haven't changed our style at all, of course. So um, just uh, um, similar to our old stuff, but better. Yeah. I would say, if you've seen us live in, in any recent time, <laughs> recent quote marks, uh, mm-hmm. Sun, Moon, and Maiden is a pretty good example of uh, where we're going, where we're going towards that kind of longer format and yeah, just bigger parts. Great. That's, uh, that's a fun one. Uh, I, I got a chance to see you play that one at uh, the Krampus show. Uh, oh, nice! That was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a great, that was a great show. You guys, uh, you guys really kind of knocked it out of the park uh, on on that show. Um, oh, thanks. So yeah, when uh, you know, this is a good time to talk a little bit about uh, live shows. If if you had to describe a, a Fosonga Sanga set to somebody who'd never seen you before, what would you? How would you describe it? Well, we don't we don't bullshit between songs as much as other bands. Uh, we usually just start, we just rock right off the bat. You know, we just we get up on stage, we start rocking, and then like we even have it set up uh, between some songs where like the ending of one song will bleed into the next song. We also set it up too so that one song will be more intense, and then the next song will be kind of a come down you know, so that the audience can kind of have a different feeling from the song before. They can they can mosh, and, and then after they mosh, after they get out of the circle pit or what have you. Drink some beer. Yeah, yeah. beer, yeah, man. That's how I explain it, really. It's like, yeah, you can come to our show and just drink beer and relax. And if you walk in the pit, we got, we got a little bit of something for that, too. But, raise, raise your horns, right? That's about it. <laughs> How how do you how do you plan your song order? I mean, when you're looking at a, at a particular set, whether you've got 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, how do you how do you go about crafting a show from a song order perspective? Uh, it's it's still yeah it's uh we definitely do keep the feelings of the songs in mind you know again with the heaviness into like the slower song, but we also really take into consideration you know what song would be a good intro and a lot of times when we consider what a song would be a good intro we also don't want it to be like one of our bangers either because we want something that will entice the audience but we want it we don't want to um, show our secret weapons right away you know we we want to we want to kind of save our best for last um, so in that way, it's a little bit of a challenge kind of like determining which songs those are, 
you know, which song is the best one to start out with and then to lead into. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, an art in of itself, crafting a set list. What vibe or what feeling do you, do you hope that people walk away from a Vosunga Saga show with? I honestly just hope they get one of our songs stuck in their head. And then uh, <laughs> a week later, they're still hearing it, to be honest. And I know that sounds crazy, but... Yeah, so they, so they can chant it. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah. no, hopefully people leave uh, having a good time, you know. that's Honestly, that's what we're up there for, is have a good time. Yeah. We take the music seriously, but we're just, you know, drinking beer and playing music for people, and it's, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yep, and, and a lot of times... Uh, you know, some of our some of our best shows have been at some of the smaller clubs, like Club Underground. Like, like some of our best shows easily have been like, you know, just some of those tight knit shows. And uh, a lot of times, I'll see people from the crowd walk away sweating and smiling and drunk <laughs> and with a lot of <laughs> and, and that's that's ultimately what we want. That's what we like. You know, because I know uh, for myself, you know, um, when I go to see bands, that's the feeling I like to have when I walk away from a band. And I always feel uh, very impressed. I'm always very impressed with uh, with bands that I go and see. And then, like, you walk away and you, you see how the audience feels. And if the audience is full of energy after a band plays, you know that, you know, you know that that band kicked ass. Yeah, you paid five bucks again. You pay for beer. So by the end of it, I hope you're yeah. Like Walter said, I hope you got a good buzz going and had a great time. Got your money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got a we've got a special treat. You mentioned the small clubs, and I think the recording that you sent me for not for the hall was from Lee's Liquor Lounge. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. What are your memories of that show? I just remember we played with a bunch of killers, and it was. It was a really, really great time at that place. First time for us playing there, and yeah, it was just the energy was awesome. All the bands just crushed. Uh, Antiverse played. Yep. Uh, who else? Uh, it was Antiverse, uh, Cold Colors, Etheric. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. And uh, Echoes for the Fallen. Yeah, that was the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Cold Colors are always fun to play with. That's a that's a great bill, and and what a great what a great room to play. Yeah, it was it was definitely a Pretty sweet. Let's let the people hear it. This is Not For The Hall by Fulsunga Saga.
Wow, that, that song uh, really, to me, encapsulates what you guys do on stage. And one of the things that stood out to me, and, and I hear this in a bunch of your songs, you even referenced it a little bit earlier, I think it was you, Matt, that said sort of that double guitar attack. And immediately when I was listening to that song, I heard the Iron Maiden, you know, dual guitars and Priest. And I wonder how often you use that, and how do you decide how to share those, those responsibilities? Yes, it's definitely 100% the Iron Maiden. My, at least for me, the Iron Maiden influence. I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. And, and whenever uh, we're trying to come up with a cool part of the song, I just tell Jake jokingly, harmony guitar solo, and then sometimes we put them in. But uh, <laughs> as, far as, <laughs> as far as writing them and coming up with them, that's, that's all Jake, really. He, he writes the bulk of the stuff. So he comes in with uh, – he shows me my line, and I do that, and then he does his line, and it – Usually, yeah, pretty sweet. Finding good spots in the song for that kind of element, and yeah, just adding it in when we can. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun component to to your music, and I I'm a huge Maiden fan and Priest, and and both of them have perfected the art of the harmonic, you know, solo. And so whenever I hear bands like you do that, um, it always brings a smile to my face. So thank you for that. <laughs> Definitely, uh, definitely Finn Lizzy too. <laughs> they came up with yeah. some pretty ones that that are just they're just the best. So absolutely. <laughs> you know, another thing I really like about that song is is the way uh, Jake you you echoed the traditional stringed in instrument sounds uh, in the middle of that song. It's really unique, uh, and I'm curious to know where you where you found the inspiration for that. Well, actually, uh, Matt came in with the actual the original riff of that, and uh, he had it for a while, actually, and we kind of decided to throw it in the middle, and I kind of made that uh, higher part over it, and I don't know, it just fit really well, and we kind of just threw it in there. Yeah, it's really it's really a special a special part of the song, you know, kind of unexpected in, in some ways, but yet it just really fits the fits the song and the and the style. Uh, that you guys play, it was it's really a fun uh, aspect. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to, to do those kind of things for sure. The the shade and the light kind of thing, you know. So where where do we send people to find out more about you? Uh, we've got Spotify. Uh, if you just uh, search for Volsunga Saga on Spotify, uh, we'll, we'll pop right up. Um, also, you can uh, check out our Bandcamp at uh, volsugasaga.bandcamp.com and uh, you can also go on to our Facebook. Now, I forgot the exact URL, but I believe it is facebook.com slash band. Yes, that is what it is. Facebook.com slash band. Good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to incorporate the, uh, uh, the links into the show uh, website as well so people can find you. What are some of the things that people can do to support you and other bands right now? There's always the option of uh, buying the music as well as merch. Luckily, we have enough social media resources and Internet resources where, you know, I mean, it's better to buy the merch and the music in person, but you don't have to do that right now. So you're able to uh, support the band pretty easily through the, through the Internet. And uh, whenever there is a live stream of, the, of a band, definitely check it out. Donate to their PayPal. 
show them some love on their social media page. Uh, do whatever you can um, because, uh, you know, a lot of these bands are just doing it because uh, they, they love to do it. You know, they're not necessarily doing it because it's their job. They, they are pretty genuine about it. So show them some love. Yeah. And uh, is there is, has there been a title uh, for the new album um, uh, de- de- determined yet? Have you figured that out yet? Not not quite yet. We're still rolling around with some ideas. So nothing yeah. right now. Are you thinking you might um, release some of the songs ahead of the album, or are you going to wait till it's done as a full package? That's definitely a possibility. I've been thinking about that, actually. So who knows, really? We just got to you know, put up to a vote and see what everybody thinks and go from there. Yeah, not for yeah. the hall. It's, uh, it's going it's to be on that album. So yeah. I mean, you just, you just had a little taste of it right there. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And are, are you thinking, you mentioned uh, live streams and so on. Are you thinking about maybe doing something uh, performance-wise? Uh, if, we, if we get a full-time drummer, uh, we probably will do that kind of thing. I know I do that more with that other project I'm in, that Guar project. We always seem to go live, but uh, yeah, there, there, there might. It's a possibility yeah. in your future. To be honest, I mean, like you know, like these, these guys play drums sometimes. I mean, I, I really struggle with drums, so I'm not ever going to be behind the kit. But like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be a great idea for us to live stream a uh, little like mini show from our practice space sometime soon. Well, I think I think it'd be a really fun idea, and, and I, you know, I'm just anxious for people to get a chance to to see you live, and uh, I'm I'm excited to hear the new stuff uh, coming off the new record. So um, keep me posted as you have things lined up, and we'll be happy to share them uh, through the show and our social media. And I want to thank you all again, uh, Matt, Jake, and Hugh from Volsunga Saga, gentlemen. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.